Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Christmas Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm talking about how a career break can change your life, and in this case, for the better. So career breaks can be defined as just a small to a large period of time which you take off from either your full-time job, your mate, like the job that earns you the, the money, the big bucks, all of these things to be able to go out and pursue Things that may be just meaningful to you. Uh, the, the Oxford dictionary, dictionary definition may be much different to what I've said there. But to me, a career break is is literally taking the time to figure out what you want to do in life. And I think that's as simple as it gets from there. Taking the time to understand where you are, what you want to do, and where you're going from here. The pros and cons of the whole period of time are actually so specific to the person because you may find that you have a very different career break to somebody else. For instance, some people may have uh, finances to be able to back them throughout that period period of time, but others may not and may only have a short period of time to be able to work within their means and be able to take that break away from their career. In my case, I was lucky enough to be able to take 10 months off and be able to travel for a lot of that period of time and to be able to focus on what I really wanted out of life and understand where I'm going, what my strengths are, and how I can better myself throughout that period of time. One thing that I have definitely found is that when I'm focused on something I truly enjoy, uh, it feels effortless. It feels fun to do, and I really don't feel that I should be focusing on something that's making me feel drained and low energy. One thing that I did figure out was that after I finished my previous programming job, uh, that I didn't actually want to do programming anymore. And that not only was in my mind, I wasn't good enough to do it. And that probably isn't true because I've done multiple programming jobs successfully. But for, for me personally, I felt that I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I wasn't enjoying the process. I didn't enjoy uh, some of the smaller details. You know, something gets bad when you just stop caring, when you stop caring about the smaller things within the job and you start realizing that you'd much rather be doing something else and focusing on a different aspect of the industry. Lucky enough, that 10 months period has made me realize that it's also something that you don't want to say to yourself that maybe the path you chose was the wrong one. And the only way you can do that is by making a change and doing something different in your life. Uh, And that may feel very daunting. Uh, And it may make you feel that the world's ending to some extent. And when the pandemic happened and the Russian war happened and all these things are happening, it can make you feel that there's almost an existential crisis happening in your life. And that's not the case at all. You just need to reflect upon your own personal experience and, and figure out where you want to go from here. I think that's the best thing about taking career break is that you can actually figure out where you want to go. It may take the entire 10 months to be able to figure out what your next steps are, but you have that time to be able to do so. For me personally, I find myself changing, chopping and changing on what I want to do on a regular basis. When I say a regular basis, I feel like five-year periods are a good way to judge how you've looked at your career and at the end of each five-year period you should probably figure out what the next steps are to be able to you know make you happy within the next five-year period rather than looking back on the previous one and saying "Eh, maybe that wasn't the right move and you can evaluate and and really figure that out I've I've been doing five you know the five-year periods of what I want to accomplish within that five-year period and that really helps me understand not success 
necessarily, but what I personally enjoyed doing. One of my favorite things over the past 10 years has been how I've progressed in my running, how I've progressed physically, uh, the mental challenges that have come along, the fact that I've been able to turn a lot of my weaknesses into strengths. Uh, I've realized that I'm highly goal-orientated person, somebody who likes to have action rather than theory. Uh, and so everything that I will do, I will repeatedly do over and over again until I get it to a point that I'm satisfied with. And even when I'm satisfied with it, I know the end result is never as good as the actual journey itself. One of my favorite things that most recently, while I was in Barcelona, uh, that I just come back from and I took a break from the podcast for, was that I was enjoying the walk more than the end destination. So I was listening to my music. I was walking through the streets of Barcelona and wherever I was going, for instance, one of the places that I was meant to be going was to a gondola where I was going to go to the top of Barcelona to a, a high point, a viewpoint from the top. And I was going to get a gondola to, to get to a certain vantage point and take photos from there. But what actually happened is I walked there and I, I loved the journey. I loved going past the harbour and going through the city streets and listening to my music and, and really enjoying the vibes. And by the time I got there, I saw a big queue uh, at the gondola and thought, well, I'm not really that intrigued into it. And you realise you've actually enjoyed the process more than the actual end goal. And what I ended up doing was having an ice cream and having a fizzy drink and, and looking over the view that I had in front of me and taking photos of that instead and just enjoying that moment. And I think sometimes it may not be what you predicted, but you're still happy from that result. And this is something that having the time to go from a career which you're thinking you must be making progress every single year, every year you, you, you'll be making the next step, the next um piece of your career will be within the next job and you've got to be constantly moving forward and you may feel this erratic and you're going going in that direction and for me it was very difficult to say to myself right I'm going to quit from a job I'm not a quitter I don't like it it makes me feel weak and that is something that's truly important to understand and that you need to rectify that in your mind and that was something, sorry, I should say I needed to rectify that in my mind. That was definitely it. I needed to understand that I wasn't weak by taking the time off and that it was going to strengthen me and that I was going to be able to understand some more of my weaknesses and turn them into strengths. One of my favorite things was understanding that maybe I wasn't going down the right career path and that I should be playing to some of my strengths, such as my communication skills and my ability to work with clients and problem solving within that rather than just focusing purely on looking at a computer eight hours of the day, every day, and not utilizing the other side of myself. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the next step. By taking those 10 months off, I've actually realized like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into a more client-based role and I'm going to utilize the, the strengths that I have and I'm gonna build upon my, my problem solving and I'm not, going to focus on just solely trying to do a job that may not fit me. And as much as I am a big fan of building upon weaknesses and, and, and creating strengths from weaknesses, sometimes the role may not be right for you. And then that may sound like a little bit of hypocrisy, but it's, it's life. We are hypocrites to some extent. You do build upon your person. If you stay in the same viewpoint as you were years ago, from when you were a kid to being an adult or from an adult to a middle-aged person, then you haven't evolved as a person. And that can be uh, quite a negative thing for you.
especially uh, as we are in times that continuously evolve and that the technology continuously changes, that we have to evolve with it. And so what I'm trying to get at here is that I'm really excited for the next step after my career break. I'm going back into the industry. I'm going back into a completely different role. Uh, I'm getting paid even more, which is always fun to say. I love I love saying that. I, I can't believe it. Uh, one of my fears was that actually I was going to stagnate. Instead, I'm not stagnating. I'm making even more progress than I was previously making. And from there, it's an exciting turning point in my career, which is crazy to say at 27, uh, that the money I will be making is more than I've ever made before in my life. And this is madness to to be saying at my age and to have taken you know a lollygagging uh 10 month break you know fun times alert to then going into being like oh yeah i'm gonna make more money now it's it's it's, it's mind-blowing to me it's mind-blowing and now that i move into a new period of my life i'll go with you on the next steps of how you can also do the same thing in some ways uh i don't think it's going to be contextually uh, seriously applicable. But what I can say to you is this, and it may sound like kind of mumbo jumbo in the sense that it's not seriously practical, but be patient. That that would be my main thing to say is be patient. Don't just lurch at the first opportunity that comes your way in terms of moving into the next step in your career. Don't take that lap at that first job. Uh, don't be persuaded by external factors around you utilize the time to realize like, okay, right, I know I don't have this now, but I really want to move in a direction that's really going to make me happy. And I'm even though there may be certain things around you saying you need to do this, you need to do that, I want you to be patient, try to control those voices of other people, or the voices in your head where you're sitting there saying, Oh, yeah, I better do what they're saying, I better, you know, start up real fast and find this next position. Don't be calm. Allow yourself to understand that everything comes in time. And that sometimes, like I found actually recently, is that loads of positive things happen all at once. You get like a, a drought of absolutely nothing, actually a lot of negativity, and then you get a surge of positivity all of a sudden. And it actually feels like the, the world's come together and been like, ah, here you go. Here's your reward. And that can feel really, really positive. One of the negatives that I've kind of semi-underlined there is that you are playing with a limited amount of time. And I think actually the time is more valuable than the money that may be running out as well. That's another con I'll get onto in a minute. It's just that you have a limited amount of time with your career break because we can't all just, you know, we can't retire in our mid-20s or mid-30s or wherever you're at. Uh, and I think that it can almost feel very high pressure. And that's why I bring up the, the being calm situations that you have the opportunity to seem a very, you know, a, a conscious level of understanding that the next step you take really will affect you, uh, your happiness and who you are and you being content and you being not taking a, a step that you're going to regret. You know, I, I talk about on the podcast is that one of my biggest goals in life is that by the end of it, I will have minimal to no regrets. I want to make decisions that are going to make my future self proud and my current self happy. And for them, for the future me, the future Chris Taylor to, to look back and say, I was so pleased I made that decision. 
This is one of the best decisions of my life, by the way, taking this 10 period, 10 month period off. It's changed who I am. I am in the best shape of my life. I am current, constantly learning new things. I've learned to journal, meditate. Uh, I was meditating before, but, you know, enhancing it to a little bit. I feel like I know exactly who I am and what I want to do and how I'm very different to other people and how I look at things and how I may have very different opinions to other people, but that's okay because that's what makes life really interesting and that you don't have to satisfy everybody and you don't have to please everybody and you don't have to make everybody uh, around you into your bubble. One of my favorite things to see at the moment is actually how the world's trying to divide everybody. But when you get out there and you meet people, actually, we're more closer together than ever. When you meet new people, when you meet people along the similar paths you're going down, you're going to realize how similar people are to you and that they're not that different and that people are wonderful. And there are some dicks out there, but they are, like I said, like the science backs this. There is only 1% of people who are psychopaths and sociopaths. That is a tiny percentage. Now, there's a massive population, so 1% of 7 billion is still quite a lot of people. However, you've still got to think that actually the majority of people are out there trying to do good. They're not trying to go out of their way to emotionally scar you for life or physically hurt you or all of these things. I do believe that human beings are good. I've been out in the world. I'm not naive. I've seen the world. I've seen some of the, I've seen shit in the streets. I've seen people, you know, hung, hungry. I've seen these things. And yet I still believe in the good, even though I've seen the evil. Do you know, it's, it's, it's this understanding that, yes, I am a very privileged person living in a privileged society. And I accept that even more so because I've seen the darkness. And by doing so, by putting yourself in tough conditions, I heard this recently. We live in a society now where we live in such good conditions that we simulate terror and awfulness within our lives. We put ourselves in horrible situations such as uh, cold plunges, saunas, uh, massive runs in the heat, you know, tough mudders, all of these things to simulate evil and to simulate hard times because we live in such good times. And it makes me laugh a little bit because over the past 10 months, I train quite difficult. I've talked about this a lot of time. A lot of my training is I train every single day. There is no rest. There is no uh, end to it. And so for me to personally say that I have to simulate pain and suffering to get into that mindset doesn't feel real to me i feel like i can just switch it on at any point uh and for me personally i i do understand that that theory i think it is spot on to be fair for the for for everybody that we do live in such good times that we do have to simulate the negativity but getting back to the original point of this podcast is that 10 months what can you do what can you achieve well one of my favorite things is actually the knowledge and going and researching stuff that you didn't have the time to do so beforehand. One of my favorite things that's uh, happened over the past year is that my French has improved. I can feel, I feel much more confident with my speaking of, of French. I've also realized my lack of foundations in terms of Spanish. One of my favorite stories uh, I tell people of how little Spanish I know is when I was in Mexico with some friends going out for a meal at a restaurant, uh, I uh, pointed to uh, an item on the menu and said, uno, <laughs> And literally, that was it. Just point went uno, and my friends laughed because of uh, because of the lack. Not not. Uh, I think because I was super tired at the time, my brain just wasn't functioning. But sometimes I just do stuff, and my close friends will know this. Where 
I do stuff and I don't mean to be funny, but I definitely am like unintentionally stupid. And I think that can really make a, a fantastic situation for you to have some self-reflection <laughs> on how dumb you can be. But also at the same time, it's also great to, to look back and think, ah, I can turn that weakness into a strength. So I am starting recently getting back into doing Spanish and I'm going to be practicing that and I'm going to try my best to utilize that when I visit Spain from now on. Because when I went to Barcelona, I was like, oh, God, my lack of Spanish is, is really bad. And there's so many lovely people who speak English in these countries. But I don't want to be relying purely on my foundational language, my, my you know, born with language. Uh, I feel the need to be able to communicate with the locals and, and establish a rapport, you know, and not be that dick who comes abroad and expects everyone else to speak his language oh, i hate it i hate myself when i go uh hablas inglés señor and you're like oh god this guy really like that's that's the, that's what's going in my head before i go anywhere and have to say that sentence um and i imagine that's not the case for a lot of spanish and, and french speakers my, my goal one day is actually to do one of these podcasts in french and spanish and i think that would be really bring more of a community to this podcast as well, bringing in different uh, speakers and not relying purely on, on those who speak uh, English, which is obviously the, the majority of these listens. So knowledge. One of the other things that I've realized is like, I want to be able to, because there's a recession currently, two quarters of negative growth. I also want to focus on being able to understand financial terms and jargon that's out there. So I'm going out of my way to do some research, as you have seen, and I've spoken about on this podcast a lot of times, is that I'm reading a lot of books. I'm reading, getting my reading up. I think the average was like 12 books a year previously. I think I've doubled that to like 24 books uh, a year at the moment, which for me is really good. I'm a really slow reader, but it's increasing my knowledge. A lot of them are self-help books. And I think for me, that's helpful because my I'm building a mental strength that means that people can come at me with lots of negativity and I can still just wash it away and, and know exactly where I'm going in my life. I think this is the the fun thing for, for me to do these uh, little projects is that um, I can chop and change and maybe people don't like it, maybe they do, but have the, the mental strength and the mental ability to steal myself and say, nope, keep going, doesn't matter. Just keep change a few things, experiment and keep moving forward. Don't stagnate, don't stop, keep moving forward. And I think with these this period of time to take off, you can experiment so much with the things that you want to, to learn, the things that you've always wanted to try, uh, the places you've always wanted to visit. For me personally, I think one of the the only things that I'm a little bit sad about was not being able to get over to Australia and New Zealand. Um, they've only just like New Zealand literally just opened up about I think it was half a month less less than half a month ago, and which to me is mind boggling. Uh, and I will be visiting New Zealand hopefully sometime next year for a couple of weeks. But I think what really annoyed me was that Australia was meant to go in January. And they didn't open up until like March or April. And I was like, oh, by the time that had happened, I don't I didn't really want to financially commit to a massive flight from the UK and then also have to do all the uh, I think it was like tests that they were still doing to get into to other countries, which was uh, a pain in the butt, a PCR test, I think, at the same time. But enough negativity on that. I have been able to utilize that time 
my question would be have i utilized it to the maximum i think that some for about nine of the 10 months yes most recently the past month i've just been a little bit uh chilling because of the acquiring a job and then also acquiring uh knowing that i've got some financial stability coming up and then also uh, acquiring an apartment uh I, i've taken some time off to to relax and, and recuperate a little bit because fr from even though i was traveling even though i was uh you know not working i was also focusing on skilling myself up preparing myself for the next role by doing programming and by, by doing uh, UML design and, and, and looking into the software development side of things for me personally and making sure that I was staying on top of that. And, and I think that's also something that you can't let go. I think that's a con actually in, in terms of the 10 months or 12 months or three months or six months, however, or nine months you're taking off, you will have to stay up to date with the current technology or whatever you're working in, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, you have to stay up with this, the current metadata of your profession. And by doing so, that does take time out of your day. That does take uh, you having to make sure that you are up to date on the on the newest and, and current stuff that's happening within your field. And that may feel like a little bit of a chore to do so, but that also will mean, ah, am I still interested in this field? Am I still interested in doing these things? And if it feels like a chore and it feels kind of, I think a, a little bit of a drain on you, then that may be the sign for you to move into a, to a new area or try a new thing. And that may be scary, but it also may help you into uh, a, a new state of life. And I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm seriously excited for that, for that new state for myself and for, for you, the listener. One of the things that I think a lot of people forget is that let's say you're taking 12 months to build a business for instance well 99% of businesses fail within the first year and so you have to be really mentally strong to be able to understand that you know this, you, the project that you're going to be working on or the product you're going to be creating or the new business that you're starting up it may not just immediately click and fly off the handles lucky you if it has in which case congratulations tech clap 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 in your uh, general direction but what i will say is this is that just because you've failed once i think one of the greatest things in life is that you have the opportunity to fail over and over and over and over and over again to be able to learn from it and to be able to progress one of the things that we are uh, taught very early on is that failure is bad. And I think that's actually quite wrong. I think failure is a good way to understand what success is. Uh, and you could, by doing so, if I didn't run every weekend, I wouldn't have a good idea of what an actual good run is. You understand that you can't have light without darkness. So you have to have lots of losing to be able to understand how good winning is. Big up Mr. Kobe for making me realize that in the corner there, as well as Michael Jordan and uh, a lot of the other uh, winning athletes' mindsets that say that losing allows you to be a better winner so i think that's another thing is if you have a business and it doesn't immediately take off within that first year or you don't immediately get that success you're looking for don't stop continue to fail and i promise you if you have that willingness to succeed you'll join me along the way towards it as well and i think this is the beginning for a lot of people who are willing to to put themselves out there to really sacrifice this is where you're going to win from the age of, you know, your late 20s to your late 30s. This is where we find out who who's going to be the big bucks, who's going to be the millennials who are the winners. I genuinely believe over the next 10 years, we're going to see who's going to make it and who's not. And I think it's going to be a fascinating time to be able to see who can utilize time the best 
and who's going to be able to make the most out of their time and be super successful from it. I think that's another thing. You are going to want to understand what motivates you, what gets you up in the morning. If you're someone like me, I'm an early riser. I love getting up early in the morning and, and really getting after the day. One of the things that I heard recently is actually I'm going to try it soon is that instead of having an alarm clock, have a light that turns on at the time that you want to get up instead and be woken up by light. Uh, I thought that was a really cool concept. Being woken up naturally by light makes a lot more sense than being woken up by alarm, which can make you disorientated and obviously make you feel pretty hazy. So I'm going to give that a try. There's again, with the time that you have off, you can utilize it to understand, you know, little things like this, little, little ideas that you can implement within your life. And even if you're working right now, you can understand that you can utilize the time before and after work to be able to figure out what you're going to do. This is something that I've learned during the 10 months off as well is what schedule can I use to be at my best? And what uh, can I do to, to make myself happy and understand that I'm being productive and not just you know, feeling like I'm doing a lot and doing nothing at the same time. And that can be a real, uh, a little bit of a, a, a demotivator when you feel like you're putting so much time in and not getting a lot out. It is to be able to get results, but also get positive results rather than just results for the sake of it. I don't know, that, that might not make sense, but to, to me, it's the idea of using time efficiently rather than just using time for the sake of using time. And saying you've done stuff within it rather than uh, having actually useful stuff. I've totally understand where I've put a load of time into something and then realized like, oh, it's not that. It's not that useful. <laughs> and sometimes you have to just bin it and move on. And that sucks because you have to look at yourself and your ego and just be like, well, looks like I fucked up there. And then you have to be right. Time to start over. Move on. Get it done. And that's that that can be uh a tough place to be mentally because you feel that you really put some effort in and yet there isn't a result from it. So there's that as well. I Like I said earlier, I'm going to cover this now as well. The finance behind taking time off. You are going to have to have finances to back yourself up over that period of time. You can't rely on other people. The con of this taking this time off is that you will have to have finances. I was lucky enough to be able to save up during the pandemic. And so I had around £20,000 to be able to back me throughout the year. Uh, that's only just, I'm not, I, you know, I think I'm down to five, 5,000. So it's, it's, I've spent like 15 over the past 10 months. Uh, and that has been mainly due to, to, to saving and being efficient with my money. Uh, I, I tried, I, I think I, I got into six months in and I had to start selling a few assets, which really pissed me off because I really didn't want to have to do that. And so I was that that made me uh, go into that mini not panic mode, but, you know, where you you really want to you get a job, but it's a job out of necessity rather than out of want. And I realized, like, OK, it's better to sell some of these assets rather than choose a job that you're going to be doing that you're going to do just so that you don't sell the assets. Uh, and I think that's also something that you need to take into account as well, is that in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, I talked about in this previous podcast is that they talk about that you shouldn't sell assets and instead take on debt. But sometimes uh, if it's debt that I'm talking about, it's not positive debt, it's negative debt, it's liability debt, in which case it kind of counteracts itself in that sense. But anyway, that's off topic. 
finances have your finances in order have enough to be able to get through the period of time that you're going to take off and feel comfortable within that time that would be my advice is have finances that are going to make you feel comfortable and know that your style of life is going to match that if you're somebody who likes luxury hotels you're probably going to need a lot more than i had for that period of time if you're somebody who's okay doing hostels for the majority of the time like me uh then you will have to get a certain amount but uh what I will say to you is that you may, if you're in your late twenties, like myself as well, you may not like hostels as much as you think you do. Cause some of them are great. Some of them aren't so great. And so maybe have some money in reserve to be able to go to a hotel every now and then to be able to spice life up, life up a little bit and give yourself a little bit of a treat. Uh, that's something that I've noticed across multiple articles that I've read when people travel is that we always overestimate how much we can take in terms of uh, living in a certain style of life and that we don't really treat ourselves in terms of certain things. I think it was Jordan Peterson who said, "Get buy yourself the damn coffee and treat yourself once you've done something uh, that's, uh, that makes him improve your life. Uh, so if you wash the dishes, go get the coffee that you want from 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 the store. And it's, it's the same in, in this style is that save enough money so that you can once in a while treat yourself so that you don't feel like it's a chore doing so, a, a lot of these things. And I'm not saying that if you're someone like me who also understands that you have to be a tough person in life, it doesn't mean don't do the tough things. It just means that have that reserve to know that you can treat yourself from time to time. And you have the ability to do so because living within a, a limit where you're constantly thinking about money is going to stress you out and it's going to put you in a, a negative position. And you don't want to be that. You want to have this time off and you want to reflect on back on it like I am and saying it's the, one of the best times of your life and that you're going to look back on it and think to yourself, damn, that was friggin' awesome. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I want to address as well is that you also have to have a family and friends, a group who are going to appreciate you taking time off. It's going to affect them. It's going to affect them seeing you uh, and being around them and all of these things. And you're going to have all these positive messages of traveling and all these things. And they may not want to hear that because they're living their normal lives. So you've also got to be aware that sometimes uh, that the things you're doing may be very different to a lot of other people around you. And they may be positive and they may be negative. But you are going to be enhancing your life. You're going to be building your bubble. And I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast before. We all live in our little tunnel vision worlds, but we can expand them by doing more and by traveling and meeting new people and talking to new people. One of the things recently is that I have to be in the right mindset to be able to meet new people. I have to be in this extroverted mindset. Don't be afraid to be introverted sometimes as well as extroverted and not just think you're one or the other. Be Take time sometimes to not talk to people for a week. And then sometimes you can talk to and expand that bubble. It's okay. This is the time for you to figure out what you do and how you work. One of my things that I figured out about myself is that I can do long stretches of time on my own without talking to anybody. And I can be very content, very happy. And then when I see people, I'm like, oh, people. Woo! <laughs> you know, and, and if you've made it this far on the podcast, you'll also understand that we chop and change. We are hypocrites and human beings. We change. Like I said earlier, we evolve. And so it's OK to not just be one thing. It can be multiple things and you can enjoy that. And it will be a contradiction sometimes, but it will also make you very happy because you are accepting who you are and moving into to life, into forward. And so you can be extroverted, introverted, whatever you want to be and figure it you know, it's not going to affect anyone else in terms of how you are. It's But you're going to understand who, how you operate and how that can affect people in a positive way. So you can be more positive because of how you allow yourself to have time on your own. You have allow yourself to go speak to new people and 
do new things, but at the same time, not overwhelm yourself. And this, this is, this is an advice, by the way, this is just me ranting on a little bit in terms of uh, what I feel and what I'm, what I've gone through and how that experience happens. I think Cameron Haynes said it best in his book, Endure, is that I don't give out advice because people can manipulate that advice and change it. And he talks about how it can, it can affect people in a negative way. And that by giving advice, you become one of those guys who are on stage doing those uh, talks that I'm not too keen on either. And need this heat. So uh, let's leave it here on this positive note is that taking time off and getting away from your career and, and taking time for yourself, you're going to figure out who you are. You're going to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you tick, how you want to manage your time and where you want to be in the future. And that that's such a strong move for you. Don't look at it as a negative in taking time off for yourself. It's for you. You're going to become a better person by doing so. So let's become monsters together. Let's move forward and let's build upon our foundations. And I think that's the best way to look at a career break and how it can change your life. So this has been the Tell Us Tell Us podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now.